Hello and welcome to the Baseball Wisconsin Podcast. I am your host, Tim Gotzler. Now, today's episode takes us into the sixth inning of Game 4, where we sit down with head baseball coach at Janesville Craig High School, Vic Herbst. Now, Vic uh, was gracious enough to sit down with us today. Um, you can hear that he's uh, recording live from his classroom, like a lot of us are doing on these episodes. Um, I know the teachers that listen are going to love hearing the announcements in the background and hearing the, a little bit of the traffic behind him, just kind of the everyday school stuff. But, you know, we get into the baseball side. We get into his background, where he's from, his, his playing days, um, you know, how his playing style has evolved into his coaching style. And if you've played Craig before, and if you know of Craig baseball, there is a certain style. And when you hear Vic talk, you're going you're gonna to hear why in and, and that blue-collar kind of ass-kicker mentality that he has. I mean, Craig baseball has been, you know, in that top echelon for a long time. And it takes a tremendous amount of work. It takes the whole community buy-in and all the things that go on. So I'm, I'm really happy that he goes into those things in today's episode. Talks about empowering his assistants, letting those guys work, um, how to manage you know, the ever-evolving landscape of high school baseball. You know, and Craig's a great example. I mean, they have high-end kids. They, they got draft picks, future draft picks. Um, and then, they, you know, they have just tough Janesville Craig kids. And um, it's, it's a phenomenal program and a phenomenal conference. You look at the Big Eight and, you know, the success that that conference has had. And to have Craig, you know, near the top every year is really impressive. So um, you're going to love today's episode. Remember to subscribe and share. And without further ado, head baseball coach at Janesville Craig High School, Vic Herbst. Well, I love having, having me on, Tim. It's great to be here. Absolutely. Well, for the, for the listeners, kind of give us your background. Um, where'd you grow up? What, what's your background in baseball? And, and how'd you get into coaching? Um, I'm originally from Beaver Dam, which is a little north of Madison. And um, of course, I'm currently at Janesville Craig. So I never have uh, moved too far from home. Uh, but I was very fortunate as a kid in Beaver Dam. Of course, the town's like... 15, 16,000. Um, and I was very lucky. Uh, I grew up one block from our athletic fields and our baseball diamonds. So I became a baseball junkie kid from early on. And I don't know how many of the guys my age are going to hear this or not, but uh, when the movie Sandlot came out, we used to have our own Sandlot. We used to call it Tin Shed. And it was a big shed. We hit a home run. You'd hear a big bang off it. And we used to play at the park right from my park or my house. And uh, it was awesome growing up there. For, I graduated from high school there in 1987. Um, I was very fortunate um, there because I've had a chance um, to play for Joe Loizel. Uh He's a, ABC, or a WBCA Hall of Famer. Charlie McDonald is one of my coaches. He's a WBCA Hall of Famer. And then Terry Kiefer was my other one. And he, fortunately, we were very lucky that he stayed around for like, I think last year was his 40th year in the program. Um, he could have left and uh, won himself a whole bunch of games and be in the, in the WBCA Hall of Fame also. So I was very fortunate growing up as a kid in high school to play for them. And it was, uh, it was just great uh, location and was really fortunate to play for guys like that in Beaver Dam. So after Beaver Dam, what, where, where does it take you next? Yep. Ended up uh, going to UW Stout and uh, the college there. I was, I was able to play on, be on the team for a couple of years there. Um, same thing there. Terry Peachy was our head coach, another WBCA hall of famer. Um, so I get to play on that with that team for a couple of years um, went for technology education, became a tech ed teacher. Um, and so I ended up coming down here to Janesville Craig. Um, had a very unique start down here. Um, I, had, I was a graduate in December. And so I was actually home substituting and Janesville Craig had an opening where a tech ed teacher left to become an assistant principal in the middle of the year. And on February of 93, 
Uh, I started here in the middle of the school year and uh, honestly with enrollments and stuff that um, I've been here ever since and uh, this is my 29th year full year teaching and uh, my 18th year as the head baseball coach so far. Well, before we go into your coaching career, um, and we're going to spend a lot of time there. I want to hear about you as a player. So take us back to Beaver Dam High, to Stout. Like, and I'm convinced that the type of player guys were it shows up in their coaching style. So I want to get give us a scouting report on you as a player. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, I think you kind of nailed it there. Um, those are people that know me. I'm about five foot nine, um, and in high school I played at about a buck sixty. I'm not a buck sixty anymore, but uh, so I was uh, I was a tough nosed uh, gritty grinder kid uh, to try to compete with guys that are bigger than I. And you and I both know that uh, kids that are six two two hundred don't understand how easy they get it to when they got to compete. Uh, and I think you know it's a lot of times too, like coaches at various levels, uh, high school, college, a lot of them, they're guys that uh, you know are smaller guys that had to be smart and play hard in order to compete and do little things to get by because you couldn't get by with unpure talent. And so I was, uh, I was, uh, like I said, five, nine, about a buck 60. I was a catcher for our program, Beaver Dam. Uh, those that don't know that it's like, it's a baseball junkie town. And uh, I remember watching guys when I was little all the way through before me and after me, I still follow it um, and love being there. And I said, I was just a tough nosed grinder kid. I played some football and basketball too, but of course baseball was my, my passion that I enjoyed doing and had the most success of. And um, that's kind of how I am. And uh, you talked about uh, coaching styles. Uh, I'm the same way here. Um, we try to outwork guys and you, you can't work too much. I mean, I don't think there's a guy ever gets done playing. When you look back on whatever level you got to and you look back and, and don't think you can could have done more. And I look back as a player, I could have done more. Um, even doing this, I'm, as a coach, you guys all know out there, especially the high school guys, and that's like how many hours are taken up outside the diamond. Uh, the coaching part probably is the least amount of time. Um, and with what you got to do, it, so it's just about working and outworking guys and uh, keep grinding away. Um, it's amazing going to some of the kids that you get from a freshman all the way to the senior year, uh, the ones that just keep working and uh, how they develop and just got to be a tough Tough nose, uh, blue collar kid is what I was, and that's kind of how I am with our team and what I expect out of our guys as well. Love that. Yeah, I mean, I I think there's it's a couple great points in there. Just about you know, you look at like the some of the best managers in professional baseball, right? Like you think about like a Craig Council. I mean, that would that is that is him as a player, right? When you you, you see him walking down the street, it looks like a normal guy, um, but like and something happened in there. Um, so that's awesome. I appreciate there. It, it, it's um, amazing. Well, it, it's amazing with a guy like him, you know, to last to last that long um, in the pros and get the coach like that, how smart and intelligent he had to be to get by on what his makeup was. Sorry about that. I got a <laughs> at our end of the day announcement. There. That's all right. It, that's the beauty of working in a school. Um, well, hey, so speaking of that, so you get you start teaching in 93, right? And then you become the head baseball coach in what year? Um, I was the head. I became the head coach in 2005, and again, um, I reiterated some of the guys I got to play for in high school and college. And again, this is uh, pure luck of the draw. Again, um, I was able to get a job at James or Craig High School, and uh, people out there in the high school ranks that 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 follow things know that uh, the coach that was before me was Bob Suter. Um, he's been as like a second dad to me, um, being here. And 
I think he's the only guy in the state of Wisconsin that's in the uh, Wisconsin football, basketball, and baseball Hall of Fames. Um, he was our head coach for like 37 years at the school. And uh, my first 11 years, I was an assistant for him for 11 years, uh, the varsity assistant, JV guy, whatever he wanted me to do. And uh, to have him take me under his wings to uh, help me grow and learn how things are done, because I just came out with all full of fire and that ready to, you know, shock the world and stuff like that. And you find out how much work goes into it again, like off the diamond. Uh, he was just great. I mean, I remember uh, one of the big jokes was uh, when I was in my I think it was like my early thirties. So I'd been with him for a number of years. And it was, it was the year that he had been coaching the school about as long as I had been alive. And so it was just one of those ones that you walk around. It's just, you think about stuff like that, that just doesn't happen very often anymore. And so like, I was very, like I said, very fortunate. And here's this guy that takes me on. And uh, I was able to, you know, I put in for the job when coach retired and that kind of stuff. And so I've been the head coach since 2005, but um, what he did for me can never thank him enough. Well, let's dig into that. So like, as you've now had, you know, years to analyze the lessons learned and, you know, you talked about how fortunate you were to be with a fantastic mentorship and a guy that's done so much for athletics, uh, amateur athletics in the state of Wisconsin. Like, as you look back on those experiences, like what lessons did you learn, you know, working under him? Yeah. I mean, a lot of it comes in again. It's like, he's uh, a lot too, where it's like, it's, it's all about hard work, put in your time. Um, a lot of it too is like doing things right the first time. Um, you know, when you're dealing with high school kids, and again, I've you know, as you do, you you learn and change a lot of things as you do. Um, but it's it's amazing how you handle kids in certain ways. Um, and like what he did too is like a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. I was able to uh, learn and figure out how to do that. I remember one of the one of his last years. And again, he never said nothing about going, uh, leaving and retiring and stuff like that. And but one a couple of years all of a sudden he took me along like to the all conference meetings. And, uh, you know, it's like, I just sat there and listened and learned. And he's like, Hey, you need to come along and, and, uh, and be part of this and see what it's about. And, you know, he didn't need to do that for me and take me along with him. But, um, uh, for him, to, you know, again, here's a guy looking out for me, learn, you know, stuff that behind the scenes that you just, you just don't, you figure out on the fly kind of thing. And, um, and let me talk a little earlier about the stuff you do off the field where it's like, when you start seeing all the things that you do, where, you know, a game gets done, um, everyone else goes home that and you're doing stats and calling in the newspaper. Um, you have to do probably an interview, probably on the radio sometimes. Uh, you got to get ready for the next day. And it's like people just really don't understand the amount of time. And I know the coaching ranks, and I'm sure you agree with this. It, it's almost comical. I know that a lot of the high school positions you get, you know, you get a stipend to get paid. But if you really logged your hours, um, it's probably less than a buck an hour when it comes down to it. But that's, it just shows like we're not in it for that. And, you know, I, I just love doing what I'm doing. But uh, as when he was my mentor, I, I, I can't like I say I can't say enough for him to to what he's done and, and, and show me how, how it goes and how you handle people, um, even with the parent thing. I mean, that, that's a topic for another day. Probably we could go on that for half an hour ourselves. But uh, just how you handle things, and how that's changed over the years is amazing. But uh, I mean, just stuff that he, when I came in you know, I was able to kind of hit the ground running a little bit, kind of know where things are and how it worked. And it's been, it was tremendous for me. Well, maybe let's dig in a little bit on that. You talked about a lot of things off the diamond, off the diamond. Like what, when you got in there in 2005, and I know, you know, you were brought into a lot of that and kind of under your wing, under his wing, but like, what was the biggest shock? If you can remember back to that time, like what, what were you unprepared for? Um, you know, not baseball related. 
Yeah, I, I think it was, um, even though I kind of knew where things are and how it went, um, it was a lot of the little things like, like before the season would start, how many little things you want to get in order um, and things like that. It was really an eye opener at times. Um, and now it's one of those ones where you get excited to take the gear out and it's a drag to put the gear away. Uh, but it's, you know, it's just stuff, uh, a lot of the stuff that off the field things um, for me, how much time and involvement it takes it, it is a big thing uh, going through it with that. Um, and it wasn't really a shock, I don't think, uh, but it, you end up looking at how much the amount of time some of that stuff takes is, is, is amazing. Uh, but uh, we, uh, you know, again, I, I was being there as much time as I was with him um, that, you know, it just truly helped me in that transition. And it's funny cause I see coach every day coaches. Uh, I think he's 80, 84 now, and he still volunteer coaches our our, our JV bat or a varsity basketball team. And, it, and I see, so I, I see him all the time. He attends our game. He, he stands in the same spot for our game still. Um, and it's, we still talk. It's just, it's just great. Just great. Well, what a, what a community treasure, you know, and oh, the, yeah. I, mean, I got to imagine just that, that's well, we, amazing. Yeah. We even, uh, our, our basketball court we, is uh, called Bob Suter court. It doesn't happen that often in high school, but, um, it's been, I can't remember, it's been a few years now, but that we actually named our basketball court, Bob Suter court. And, uh, and it, it, it's, it's so deserving. It's not even funny. You know, um, I said the idea that, He's been retired that long and, and how much he's still around and he, and he comes to stuff and like, and like I've been, I do uh, the uh, scoreboard for our boys and girls basketball games. I've been doing that for a long time. And uh, I did it when coach, coach basketball after he was done and he still now comes in that and like, we still talk a couple nights a week after games and stuff when it gets done and it's, it's, it never gets old. It never gets old. And I'm sure we all have people like that in our lives. And it's like, you hope it goes on for, you know, as long as we're, as long as I'm around. So. Fantastic. Well, let's take us into your program. <clears throat> kind of give us a structure of the of the high school program. Um, like sure. how many how many kids come to tryouts? Do you carry three teams? Um, what is kind of give us the the scope of of, of Craig baseball? Sure. Um, I, uh, we're, we we play in the Big Eight. Uh, James or Craig plays in the Big Eight Conference, which again I don't want to sound biased, but it's like it's one of the toughest leagues in the in the state. I think, especially Division One stuff. I mean, um, we've had years where um, teams in our league. Uh, we'll go into three different sectionals and we've had three different teams in the big eight in the state tournament a couple of times, which is to me is amazing. Um, but it speaks, it speaks volumes for the depth, I think of our league. Um, we have three teams. It's uh, we have a, we have a JV one JV two now in our varsity. Um, you were talking about number of guys that goes out. It's amazing to me. Um, the number, the number of guys that go out are, are, are going down. Um, and I, I don't know many schools that say, Oh yeah, we got, you know, it's, it's increasing a ton of, because I don't think as many kids are playing when they're little and it, you can kind of see it trickling to us a little bit where there's not as many guys. Uh, we still um, usually have to make cuts at our levels a little bit, not as much as we used to. Uh, but yeah, we used to have um, quite a few kids go off for our freshman team, that kind of stuff. And now it's like, now it's, you know, we're talking high teens maybe where you, you got to, you know, you, you shore it up a little bit. Um, with that, but uh, we still been able to have three teams. Um, our school enrollment is down a little bit. Um, we used to be up around 1800 some, and now we're sitting probably around, I believe 15, something to 16, something in that range. It kind of varies a little bit, but we're down in enrollment there a little bit there uh, for that. So I'm sure that takes its toll a little bit, but um, it hasn't been too bad that way. Um, 
and we're like every school, we have to do tryouts still, and we have to make some cuts and that, and it kind of takes care of itself as they get older, kind of thing. And that we don't, I'm not, I don't have 50 guys going out for our varsity baseball team, which would be a luxury, but we don't. Um, and that, but uh, it it, uh, it works pretty good here. I've been very fortunate uh, for the last man t- 10 years. Um, the coaching staff I've had uh, has basically stays intact. This would be the first year in a couple of years or that long that we've had to make a couple of changes. Uh, some of our uh, JV and freshman guys, they're expanding their families and uh, they're uh, going to volunteer as best they can instead of being the the, the paid guys, which I totally understand that. And thank all the guys and significant others for allowing them to still get to do, to, to be with us um, that, but that's really paid dividends, I think too. Um, I've had other guys that, you know, on our staff that, Go to go to the games, and it's like they have. There's a lot of coaching turnover. It's tough to keep guys continuously for many, many years. And and we've had really good. I don't want to say success, but very fortunate that I have some baseball junkie guys here that just want to keep coaching, and do it, and that that's been huge uh, for us to keep our camaraderie and what we do, and don't have to show new guys kind of how we do things. And so that, that's really helped a ton with keeping our staff intact like that. Well, that's great, and uh, you know I. One of the questions that comes up a lot is just how programs run tryouts. You know, when you think about how to make those team selections and going through that process, and it's obviously very competitive. Like you mentioned, you guys are, a, whether you want to admit it or not, very successful, you know, powerhouse Division One program in the state of Wisconsin. So, you know, it's, it, it, it's intense, and it's not everybody gets to make the team or gets all the playing time. Um, so that tryout process is important. So how do you guys run your tryouts um, at Craig? It is, and, and I agree with you 100% with that. Um, and when we when we do that, we, we've been in uh, 2000, I think about 2009, we were able to, we had a referendum, we were able to build like a, a field house that we have now. Um, that's paid huge dividends. Uh, schools that don't have them, it's really tough behind the eight ball. Like we, we, we were frustrated back then, there'd be smaller communities around us would, would have a field house for guys to do work and stuff. We used to go to the basement and I tell kids a story um, how we'd be in the basement. And it's like, it's like eight feet tall and you're working around pipes and I'm, I, I'm willing to bet there's asbestos in there. Who knows? Uh, but it, it was like, it was tough. And you come now to a field house where you have all this room and the kids just don't get how nice they have. Um, so that's helped a lot. But when we do tryouts, uh, we try to have every coach at every level is seeing all our guys. Um, so it's not just our, Fresh couple of freshman coaches taking the freshman guys on their own or the JV guys or that kind of stuff. I mean, every single guy in our program is watching our players during our tryout time. And we get done and start talking about guys. It's like now we have six, seven, eight guys all discussing as to who, what they saw that day. And it's a written, I like it because it's very thorough and it's very fair. Um, it's not just one guy's opinion and one kid had a bad day or something. It's like we're, we see them for multiple days. And of course, you don't get a lot of time in baseball. Um, you know, we get, you get, you start your first day and you, I think you're already eligible to play in like, you know, eight, nine days. So by the time you, you know, make cuts, get some levels started. And we've had many times too with us where it's like a kid don't end where he starts um, that kind of thing. And you'll, you, you find out as you go, but we get it started. But I think it's important that you have more than as many eyes on the kids as you're trying out as you can, you know, cause one coach might see some of the other guys didn't, whether it be good or bad. And it might, it gives us a more well-rounded evaluation that we're, we're keeping the right kids. And, and I'll be honest with you, it's like, it's one of the worst things that I've have to do as a head coach. And it's not fun. It's not fun at all. And I, and 
but we can't keep, you know, 26 guys at, on each team. It just isn't workable uh, for that uh, to do that. But when we do that, we, we, um, we always try to keep as many guys, you know, get eyes on them to see them both, you know, offensively, defensively. Um, when we do our different stuff too, we, the coaches switch up roles each day. So they're not just keep watching the guys take ground balls or this guy's just watching the hit. It's like every guy is going to see them in all their aspects of what they do. And so we try to get a really good thorough evaluation. I think that helps a ton when we do our tryouts. So you got, you know, and those coaches that they can think about those long days, those are some long days, you know, you're excited, you got your whole coaching staff there. And after then you got to break it down after, and maybe you get pizza for your guys. I'm just having some, some flashbacks myself here, but anyways, my other question about tryouts is I feel like there's a couple different models, right? One model is more of a showcase. You get some data numbers if it's running times or whatever. And then there's, you know, the, the kind of the practice structure, you run your drills and you see who can fit in, who are the drill killers. And then the other model is kind of like the inner squad model. Yeah. Um, so how do you, how do you guys use it? Like what of, of those models, which one do you guys use? Yeah, you, you made great comments there, and we, we kind of use a combination of them. Um, I'll tell you what, some of the stuff like with doing drills where you have numbers, like like we do 40s and 60s and some time things. Um, we do do some stuff. We have a couple like uh, we're fortunate to have a few of the pocket radars that are nice to have. They're kind of affordable. We don't, we don't have a lot of the expensive radar guns, but we do do some stuff with the velocity things, especially with our pitchers. Um, and again, velo is not the sell-all type thing, but it does give us some number type thing. Um, and we don't really have a lot of like um, when the parent, you know, I don't get a lot of parents calling like, hey, you know, my son got screwed or got cut. And it's like, so some of these things do help as far as like when you can actually, when you, when you, if, you, if you really need to break something down to show some things like that, because at the end of the day, like, let's be honest, when you're watching, you know, ground balls or guys hitting cage bombs, I mean, you and I can get in the cage and look like we crush it, of course, and it's going to go about 225, but it sure sounded good off the bat. And so when you're inside in, like for us, there's been many years where we don't get to do many tryouts outside. We're in the Southern Wisconsin and there's years where it's like, yeah, we don't, sometimes you get out, sometimes you don't, but we try to as best we can, because again, anything like outside can be, be better than inside for evaluation wise. And it's like, there was, there's been a couple of years. I remember one that uh, we had snow and we behind our schools is, is a big wide open area. And it, we probably had a, a uh, 30 yard radius of a circle that had melted before the other stuff. And so the, we went out there for fly balls and the, and the rule was a kid would stand inside the circle of grass and you would track your fly ball. And if you hit snow, you're supposed to pull up and you're not going to get dinged for it, but we don't need you falling on the stuff, but we literally would stop and we try to, and his coaches would try to hit it into the circle. And it all, people probably thought we were nuts out there, but it's like, we've done that where we've, we've played catch in the parking lot. Sometimes we use the crappy balls because of course, uh, when they go on the on the on the blacktop, they're going to get all beat up. But it's like you try to do anything you can to see outside stuff um, in that. But like they're doing some of the number of things that I think is important. Um, we do the same thing like kids that would would do pitching for us. We try to do pitch charts with like you know strike percentages, things like that, to keep it somewhat simple. But it gives us some uh, some solid numbers that if you know when it comes down to it, say like, hey, th this is stuff that we saw because. You know, you can try to explain to a kid that, you know, that, you know, whether you liked or didn't like what they did, and you're not going to change their mind on it. Uh, but again, it goes back to their saying, we have more than one guy on it. So we're not going to have four coaches saying, yeah, we should have kept him in three, say, oh, no, well, we should cut him and that sort of stuff. But we do do a combo like that. I think it works out really good. 
Um, and like I said, the, the inside outside stuff's tough. Like there's been years where you go inside and it's like, you're kind of, you kind of, you kind of got a feel for it, but hitting ground balls off the uh, gym floor is, you know, much easier to hops than you going out and see it off of dirt and get the outside elements, stuff like that. But the combinations for us have worked great over the years for our tryout stuff. Well, thanks for digging into that. I think it's really helpful for a lot of coaches. Um, now, like now that your varsity team's chosen, you got your roster, you know, you're priming up for those first games. Um, and as your season goes on, is what are some things that are maybe unique to your program or unique to your team? If it's team building stuff, is it's like, what do you think, you know, makes your, your varsity team and or program unique? Well, one of the things that we have uh, been able to do, which I, it seems kind of little, uh, but when, when we were able to get our, our field house stuff, they did redid some of the locker room things. They did a nice job of having a couple like their like team rooms, if you want to call them. And they're big enough that we're able to house um, all of our uh, freshman JV and varsity in there. And I think it's important that our young guys are in there seeing how our older guys act. Here's how we get ready for practice. Here's what time is supposed to be done. And they're, they're right there from day one. So by the time they, they work through our program, um, they become a natural leader just as to how we do about things and getting our stuff ready just because they're all in the same room. So, I mean, I'm, that, that's huge. Um, I know that for us too, it's like a lot of, for me is like our open gym stuff. It's like when our guys get there, it's like them getting to work on their stuff with themselves and kind of do their thing and being around each other, I think is huge. Uh, you don't got to go and be each other's best buddy, which isn't going to happen. Uh, but when you're in there doing it, there's something to be said when you're there with your teammates, getting you ready for the season, trying to hone your skills, whatever it might be, soft tossing to each other or whatever it might be um, to be there and stuff. But I think that really helps them out um, as a team, you know, become closer to that because we're all there working um, to try to get ready to play type stuff with that. So, I mean, those are a couple of things I think that, that really helped us out um, as far as like camaraderie and closeness of our team uh, for that. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. And um, I think I can kind of just picture the team room and all the guys in there kind of getting ready for practice indoor, outdoor, and just having that common experience, right? They were in school all day. Now they're transitioning to baseball life. So um, now I know you're going to, you're too humble to agree with this, but you've had a tremendous amount of success at Craig. And I, I'm just going to ask you like, what do you think the keys to success have been? Um, if you had to pinpoint a few things that have gone well, um, you know, with it, maybe that you do as a head coach, your with throughout your program or throughout the community. So, what have been the keys to success? Sure. Um, I, I think first and foremost, it, it's all about the work. Um, you're going to get out of as much as you put into it. Um, and some, I, I talk to the kids about this all the time. Um, it's the same thing where you see all these kids. They they um, they want to put on the uniform and play, but at the end of the day, they they truly don't put in a lot of uh, prep time in the off season, uh, whether it be weightlifting, work on your skills, whatever it might be, but they want to put the uniform on, but at the end of the day, they truly don't put in the time you need to continue to improve your skills. So, I mean, for us, I mean, to me, it's like, it's all about the work. Um, and I think I would put up the amount of time that we do like for our open gyms and what our kids do off season up against a lot of other, a lot of other programs, as far as like trying to get yourself where you need to be. And there's kids, we have them all over the board, ones that do, ones that don't. And you try to get the ones that don't kind of on board a little bit more and, and that sort of stuff. And that's helped a lot. Um, I can't say enough about our successes is due to the 
coaching staff that, that I've been able to be around and what we have. I cannot say enough about them. Um, I talked a little bit more about how I've had so many guys around for a long time. Um, a bunch of them are former players. Uh, I have a couple that were, are, are Craig grads before I was even here that are on there that they're just, I have baseball junkie guys that, that love to be around the kids and make them work. And um, that, that's one. And I think the other thing that I can tell you is when we started to know, it's like we're always evolving, especially as a staff to try to find things, uh, what we want to incorporate into our program. And I've been very fortunate. I go to the WBCA clinic every year. I've been doing that for a long time. And I've, for the last oh, eight to 10 years, I've been getting to go to the, to the national, the ABCA national. And uh, I was able, I went this year again, it's uh, in January. Um, I don't know if you got to go along, go this year, coach or not, um, but it, you're nodding to me. So I was like, it is amazing to go to those things and listen to those guys. And you, you sit there in a 7,000 seat uh, room and you look out and you're a grain of sand and you really, it really humbles you as to where you are on the totem pole and what you know. Um, but in any, anyway, I don't know who's going to listen to this, but it's, if you as a coach get to go to the, those things, they are so valuable uh, to go. And it's like, and I, I don't care if, you know, I try to go to pick up a couple things. You know, you're going to, you're going to forget half the stuff that you're there. You take little notes and stuff, but there's not a time I've gone that I haven't picked up something. It's like, man, we're going to try this and see if it works. And um, so we've always been evolving. And a couple of my coaches, like I said, they love to go. And uh, so anytime we can try to pick up stuff and emulate things, um, we've been fortunate to have some really good players come through our program. And so like, um, We've had some kids that have gotten drafted and stuff, especially the last, say, five, six years has been really fun to, to do this stuff. And when you have a guy come to watch your kid and they come watch you practice and they come down and give you a pat on the back, say, hey, this is one of the best organized high school practices I've seen in a long time. And I haven't tried to talk to our kids if he's there because here's a guy who's, a say, a scout. For, it was for the Toronto Blue Jays. He spent 15 minutes talking to our guys. And I met him that day. And what you could just see, they were glued on the guy. And to get those opportunities for the kids, like it just goes a million miles for, you know, what you're doing, what you're involved in, that that it has it has some substance to it. I guess is what I'm trying to get to with that. That's great, and I, you know, I hear continuous learning. I'm in the ABCA too. I have the same same thought every year I go. I think, man, I'm so low on this totem pole. I'm just a high school coach in Wisconsin. I watch these guys on stage and think, yep, I get it. I get it. You're there. I'm here. Um, and not in a like conceited way, but they're just masters at what they do. But yeah. um, one thing you did mention was, you know, practice planning. And I would love to know, like, what is your process of practice planning? You know, as the as the day unfolds. Well, we, we try we, we try to uh, to break ours down um, into different things. And of course, once your season starts, it gets kind of messy because of rain outs, this and that. Um, but we. When, when we do get, when we do go out to practice, like we try to do our infield, outfield stuff separate. We have some guys, of course, that are crossovers, but we try to do our teamwork and our individual work like that uh, with our breakdowns, with our drills. Um, and we don't always do it in the same order, of course, depending on what the situation is, but um, we try to do that to get that work in with our infield guys and outfield guys to be separate. Uh, we'll probably bring them together at times to get our outfield guys to throw through our infield guys and stuff like that. Um, and again, as the season goes, our pitching stuff is always pretty fluctuated. Uh, depending on who's coming up the pitch, when and where. Um, and we just try to work our bullpen stuff in as we can uh, with that. But we, we try to get our, our team stuff and our individual things there. Um, I think for us, it's like 
I know for us, we operate pretty well defensively. And at the end of the day, um, you're going to, you're going to be as good at that as how much you work at it. Kind of like your bunt coverage stuff debt. And uh, we, we try to put pressure on teams that, but if, if you don't, you can't practice your bunt defense like 10 times and then kind of call it good. And then maybe visit it next week again. Um, just how you're, you're stealing philosophies, that sort of stuff. It's like, you need to work on it. Um, kind of like, you know, when we take BP, it's like, we have our guys are working our, on our, what, how we want to base run, you know, while we're hitting. And that's not nothing, you know, genius about it, but uh, we're, we're getting two or three things done at one time, even during BP. Cause I've gone places and you watch and you got a kid hitting and you got, you know, 15 guys standing around shagging a ball. Um, but we'll have that and we'll have, you know, we, we just, we try not to ever be like that to get multiple things done. That, that to me is really important, especially with how short our season is and what you get for practice time and, and how the you know, weather dictates so many things all the time. But we try, try to do as many multiple things as we can at the same time, you know, both team-wise and, um, you know, individual stuff for us when we're, when we're working on our things. Well, you've mentioned a few things like, you know, measures of success, right? If it's guys drafted, guys playing college ball, big eight conference championships. Um, but one piece I want to dig into is, is going to Appleton. Um, and, you know, like what are some of the lessons learned from Appleton? Because it's such a new experience and it's so different than anything else. So in the years that you've been, um, like what are some of the lessons that you've learned um, from your times uh, with bringing your teams to Appleton? One of the best things that ever happened to me was uh, in 1998, I was still an assistant for coach Suter. And uh, we were kind of a, a Cinderella story. We, I think we finished third or fourth in the big eight. We only had three seniors. Uh, we even, there was even an article in our local paper about how you know, Craig baseball mediocrity and stuff. And that was just, we took that and that went up on the board in the room. And I think we rattled off it was 13 or 14 games in a row and ended up winning the state title. And it's like, when you, when you went there and you looked at our roster, uh, we started a freshman at third, a freshman at shortstop. The guy at third only came up halfway through the year. We had three seniors. Um, our two, our two big throwers were not throw. They were just pitcher guys, you know, but it's like, we caught fire at the right time. And that was one of the best experience coaching that I, until that time I've ever had. And so to experience that and be around it was awesome and really pays off for us when I was able to become the head coach. And we've been there a few times um, while I've been the head coach. And uh, when you get there, it's really hard. I think not, I don't say hard, but when the kids get there, they get the big eyes and like an Appleton's a, is a beautiful, you know, you know, a ball stadium and stuff. And you get there, it's like our, our kids, you know, you, we get to play at nice diamonds we really do. Like when we play Beloit, we played at Telford park and things, but you get up there and you get these eyes and it's like, you become a little kid in the candy store. And it's at the idea is like to really focus them to stay between the lines when we're playing. And um, we've always tried to get up there before. And I've been fortunate a couple of times where, um, a person we work in, they'll, they'll let her, they'll let, we can't get on the field of practice, but just to go in to see the stadium, because some of the kids have never been there. And to just to see what it's about before you walk in the next day, you know, to, to play your game. And uh, that, that has helped too a little bit. They, they don't, it's not as, you know, all, all inspiring to them when they get there to kind of see that. But uh, it's really one of those ones when you try to keep a kid focused with all the stuff going on around you in high school baseball, you just don't have that. You're more worried about mom coming over to give your kids drinks during the game 
um, you know, than than having to keep their, in between the lines, like who's here in the stands and stuff like that. So, um, but it is really, it's been a great experience. The times we've been up there, um, and um, it's one of those ones I hope hope every coach gets to experience that at one point in their career because it, it's uh, it's just a great thing to try to get to the top of the mountain type thing to get there to compete at that level at those stadiums like that. Yeah. Well, let's dig into some more baseball stuff. So um, I love this question because I, 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 the answers are so diverse, but like baseball philosophies all over the board. Right. Um, but I want to know is, what's something that you believe in either baseball wise or leadership wise that others would disagree with you on. Oh, boy, I, I, don't, I don't know. Well, I don't know if it's really going to be a disagreement thing, but I know that since I've started, when, when, you know, a lot of times the summer stuff would be like, like Legion baseball and you, you play for your local guys and it, it's become like now, like travel baseball is really taken over. Um, it, it's the same thing. Like um, the, the, the schools, like the colleges and the pro guys, they, they go to the big tournaments because you're going to see, you know, 100, 200 guys that are good baseball players. They're not, they're not coming to uh, James will see what they got in their club this year. If they come to see us, they got a guy that's already on the radar. Just like, you know, Menominee Falls, same thing. They're going to come there because you got a guy who's a dude that they've seen. They And then what happens, and you know how this goes too, where um, I get the call and you do, um, it's not about the kid's talent. Um, it's whether or not they're a knucklehead, you know. And um, and I've, I've talked to our kids about that, and we don't have lots of guys like that. But it's the same thing if, uh, you know, a JUCO or D3 school calls about you, um, I'm not going to lie about you because if, if I don't, if I don't tell the, the honest to God truth about us, it, like it's going to wreck the next kid who's got a shot to go play there. Um, and like, I'm not saying the travel stuff is, is a, it's not really a good or bad thing. It just really has changed the dynamics. And it's a discussion that I've been in with so many guys. Well, the WBCA clinic coming up in February, that'll be topics in groups guys. Cause I, and I've heard, you know, it's the same all over the board and a lot of guys have different philosophies on it. Um, and some are really good and in some, you know, in some aspects, it's really hurt like the, the summer Legion stuff and the local teams and that, because, you know, a lot of people think, Oh, I got to go play for some, you know, travel team to go be seen. But on the same token, um, there's parents, I think that think they go and go to them and they got some secret sauce. I'm going to pay them lots of money and they're going to turn them into a D one baseball player. And, you know, they and they do the same drills that everybody else does. They just have guys that want to come and play, which is awesome. And they get exposure and all that kind of stuff. But it, it really makes uh, the other stuff kind of difficult on some of the high school guys at times when we're doing it. But um, that's just, like I said, that's an endless discussion that I've had with many different guys on different views on that as far as, like, you know, I know it's agreeing or disagreeing. And, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I just know it's just really changed the, the environment and, and what it's about and who – you know, goes where and stuff like that. It's really been something the last say decade or so. Well, I think that's something a lot of coaches you talk about in circles, but I mean, I'll ask you, like, how do you, you've had a, a large number of high level travel kids, you know, right. And like, how do you navigate that water as a high school coach? And I'm sure coaches have reached out to you and said, Hey, how did you handle this kid with this club? And you don't have to get specific with the kid or the club, but like, do you have a approach that you would give advice on? Yep. Well, my, my goal, I guess, in my role is, is uh, I just try to make sure that all of my kids at the end of the day have a home to play in the summer at the end of the day. Um, Cause 
let, let's be honest, like the, the best, the best time to play is in August when everything's finishing up because football starts and not as much gets played during that time. But my whole goal is make sure every kid, whether it be a freshman all the way to, you know, our, our juniors and our seniors that they have a home to play someplace. Um, I think it's very important um, that it's with somebody someplace getting your work in again, going back to the, the work ethic thing. Um, but um, I've talked to I have, I've had parents that, you know, some call me and ask me my opinion about, you know, well, my, my son has a chance to go to this group. And I say, and I, it's kind of one of the ones we talk everything from like cost to how many levels of teams they have to, you know, you know, who's going to be coaching. So there's lots of different things to look at. Um, so each one's a little different, but at the end of the day, my whole goal is make sure my, my kids have a place to play. Um, and, and, it, and if I can do that, uh, the other stuff's going to kind of take care of itself. And not every kid gets to go play, you know, like we've had a couple of kids that have had a chance to go play for our, our top travel teams in the state of Wisconsin. They've had great success and, and rightfully so they should go there. They get, they get exposure and, you know, they get to go play at a high level school someplace and that kind of stuff. But just, you know, again, going back to the same thing where it's like, not every kid get, you know, you get to go there is going to end up that way uh, for that. So I might, like I said, in the day, my goal is to get, every kid to, to have a home in the summertime for that. And if I can do that, uh, to me, it's half the battle one because my guys are working and getting on the diamond and playing. Yeah, that's one of the beauty, beauties of our sport, I think, is baseball is meant to be played. Um, you know, and they can't all play for the high school. And, they, you know, you, you only get nine, ten starters with a DH. So, anyways, um, changing gears a little bit, but you talked about continuous learning and always evolving. Like, what are you working on right now? Is there something you've learned recently that's made you maybe rethink how you teach something? Um, when I bring that up, what comes to mind? Yeah, well, I'm going to go back to the to the ABCA National Convention. And uh, like I said, I've been fortunate with our guys and we're always trying to pick something up. And our, our goal, I guess, like when we practice and stuff is try to emulate what these guys do. And we're not a college, but it's like, when I go have watched some practice and stuff and how they do things, um, I would like, I try to emulate that. And, and if, and if I can even come close to it in their process and what they do to me is going to make our guys better. And I just know like there's things, there's aspects, all aspects of the game. When you go and listen to these guys talk and they have different philosophies, like, like I'll look at one, like a few years ago, the biggest rave was like launch angle. And so that's what the big guys on. We didn't really mess with that, but you don't hear much about that anymore. So that, that stuff's always changing. Um, but like, the base running stuff for me has been intriguing to me. And we've tried to put, like I said, we really try to put pressure on our teams that we play against. And like, we got to hear, I'm, I'm, the, the name's going to escape me right now, but they had a couple guys that talked this year on uh, base running again this year. And they talked about, you know, like the, the slide shuffle and stuff and being in motion. It's like, their philosophies are really good. Now, not every kid can do them, but I know that we're going to try and we've been trying to instill some of those things over the years, but like that just reiterated more to me um, that we're doing the right things, I think, when other guys that get up there and talk and we're even trying to be closer to emulate what they do and all of a sudden they're talking about this is what we do. Um, to be even in the same ballpark as what they're doing to me gives me kudos that we're, we're trying to do things right and do it. But like the base running stuff to me just intrigued me again this year. I saw I heard two different guys and uh, it, it's just great to listen to little things that they do or that you just wouldn't pick up and you're just watching the game. Um, and that's one, like, I know we're going to, we're going to adjust that a little bit this year as well, again, just to shake things up for us and have a little, have, I'm going to say fun with it, but we're going to see what happens with it in a couple of little things this year. So it'll be fun too. 
Yeah, well, that made me think of one more question for you. On like, you've had so many guys go off and play, you know, at collegiate baseball, you know, and professional baseball. Like, has um, has there a guy that's come back that's had something for you? Said, hey, coach, we do this, we do that. Oh. Um, like, like, what what are you stealing from your alumni? I'll be honest with you. Um, when when we have uh, again, I'm I'm lucky in the wintertime I do uh, the scoreboard for our basketball teams, and so when they come home over over winter break. A lot of kids come back and they poke their head in um, or I'll get uh, texts from them. It's like, hey, coach, you have an open gym over Christmas at all. I want to come in and get some work in. And I'll be honest with you, the first time I see them um, within the first half hour, I, I, I'm the one initiating it and stealing stuff from them. Um, they don't have the time to come say, hey, coach, I got a good drill for you because I've probably already asked them. I said, what you know, if you, what did you guys do for hitting drills like inside that you liked or that's working for you? And, you know, it's the same thing, I think, which is beautiful having a former player come back and put input into our program to um, add something to try that's worked for them and for their program. And again, if they're playing D1 baseball and these are the drills they're doing, there's something to it that they're doing. They're not just doing it to, because it's something to do. And there's been a lot of little things they come back and do or Especially like to me, it's like when they get in the cages, the guys that are playing the northern part, they're in the cages a lot. It's like there's so many things out there that they'll bring back, say, this is what we do with this. And, and I always say, it's like, why? And it's like, what we're doing because of this. And I picked up so many little things like that because, and I initiated with them um, just because, like, they're at a place that um, you got there and it's like they're doing stuff, something that's right. And so it is, it is awesome when they come back and you can tell their eyes light up because I, they want, I'm asking input from them. And they, it's just, it's just awesome. I sit there and listen to them and I do it all the time though. Anytime I can pick the brain of a former kid that uh, has gone someplace and they all have something too. Every one of them, every one of them. It's, it, it's amazing. Like I said, there's so much information out there, how guys do things um, to, to pick up one thing here or there. It just, it goes a million miles for us. That's beautiful. You know, I think part of it too is, is gotta be right. You, it's kind of a maturity thing. You're watching that kid become a man and you're, you know, it goes from that, even that summer, he comes back for Thanksgiving for Christmas and they, they're just, their presence is different. They're talking like a different language. You know, it, it, it is funny when uh, they come in and they'll, they'll watch a high school. I've even had it come say, I'm like, Hey, I, I didn't act like that when I was here, you know, they, they, you kind of second guess. I'm like, well, you know, and so you have a little fun with that, but for, for that, they notice it, they can see it. And like you said, the maturity thing, it is, it is, um, I think some of the most gratifying things as a high school coach, when you have your kids and, and not just going off for baseball, uh, but when you go out someplace and you're, you're at the store, you know, six years later and a former student that played for you comes up and say, coach, how you doing? And here's the kid who figured it out. He's got a paying job. He's a productive member of society. It's like, Hey, good for you, man. It has nothing to do with baseball, but that's the most gratifying thing to see our, our kids grow up. And like the ones that get to go play, to have them come back and how they carry themselves is, is just, it's just, it's a great feeling that they figured out becoming a, you know, a teenager and, and trying to do things right to where it's like, here's how he carries himself now. And uh, it's really gratifying. It really is. And like, I'm sure you've had the same thing with, with kids that you've had. And it's like, and it's like that, a lot of times, not every kid gets to go play after high school and to, like I said, they come back and here's the kid who, you know, went on to school and he's, he's doing whatever it might be, but you can tell that he, he's proud of what he does. Um, and he's got a family going and he's got a couple kids and this and that. And 
And uh, it's just a great thing, you know, how many extra sons we have, I guess, unofficial sons that we have accumulated over the years because of how much time we have spent with them, you know, both in school and out of school at that. And it's, it's just really gratifying when, when, that's, when that situation happens. Yeah, and one thing I noticed, too, is uh, they're just so proud to tell you. Like, they've been waiting to tell you, you know, like, hey, coach, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and their eyes light up. And, like, that's, that's a fun moment, too. Well, yep. this is the O'Brien Kane million-dollar question. Is um, You've been at this, you know, you said 18 years as head coach, been coaching for longer than that, had a tremendous amount of success. Like, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you started? Oh, man, I, I, I'll tell you what, the, the, the stuff – that and we talked about a little bit earlier, but um, when 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 uh, when I when I came out of college and you know got here and I was ready to coach and I'm all fired up and that and it still amazes me the amount of stuff that you do um, outside of the coaching part and it, it goes for um, all the sports not just us because we do baseball but. Um, the amount of prep work and things that go into it to, to, to attempt to do things right. Um, it, it's just the, the list you can go on day after day and there's things you can do. And it's like, I know we play from, you know, March to, you know, June-ish, you know, dates, but it's like, I look at like, it ends up being to me, I estimate it's a, it's a nine to 10 month deal. Even like, you know, when we like, like for us, like in October, I, I have kids knocking on, you know, coming to me where it's like, coach, when are we going to start open gym? And it's like we're in school and it's like we're supposed to do, you know, and we do open gym. And so, of course, it's set up, but it's like it's just stuff like that where it's not just from March 15th to June 15th or whatever it is. And it's just one of those ones where when you're just getting started out, you just don't realize all the little things that go into it that you have to do as the head coach. You know, and like one of the I can't remember where it was, but back a while, you know, you hear the quote about like, you know, the biggest step for coaches from becoming an assistant to the head coach. And again, as an assistant, you show up and you're coaching like, and I, again, my, my guys are so tremendous. I can't say enough about them, how much they do for me and with me and stuff. But it's like, when you get there and all of a sudden, here's your list. And it's like, you just sit there and it's like, how am I going to get this done some days? And you, you, you make it work, but it's like, there's so many little things to, to try to make it right, you know, and, but you, you adjust as you go, you know, and even, even to this day, it's like, you're, you're still doing that. But that's one of those ones, like when you start, I don't think people realize the amount of stuff outside off the diamond that goes into it uh, for, for their, you know, not just for the kids for the play, but just to run, to run the program. Right. Well, last question. So give us some advice. Um, you know, if you had to give uh, coaches, new coaches, veteran coaches, like you know, be things that you've learned, but just give us some advice to, to send us down a better path. Yep. Um, come to work hard every day, bring energy. Um, but I'll tell you this, and again, I, I'll talk about my staff. Um, when you guys have guys that want to coach for you, whether it's volunteer, paid, whatever it is, and they want to be there, it's like give them duties and put them in charge of stuff and um, empower them to, to, to do what they're doing. And, um, and again, I'm fortunate with mine. It's like there's guys that we have in our staff and we break up. It's like they have their duties and their roles with, their, with what we do, and that's their thing. And I don't sit there and watch and, and check, oh, is he doing it right today? It's like, I don't worry about it. It's like, that's your thing. Um, it's amazing when uh, we have done that and guys that have their roles, um, how much stuff, they, they go digging for stuff without me even knowing, come back, coach, I'm going to run this. I'm gonna, we're doing this. Thing. I'm gonna, we're going to change this stuff. I'm like, it's all yours, man. It's your, it's, your, it's your deal. 
and to, you know, and have faith in what they're doing. If they're that excited and passionate about it, it's like, that's their thing. It's like, give them jobs to do. Um, I, I go back to when we talk about like to have someone throwing BP and have three guys standing around, not do much, you know, they need to have, have, everyone's got duties to do all the time. And um, it's amazing what you'll get accomplished when they um, are in charge of something, whether how big or little it is. Um, I can't say enough about that. And there it is. Huge thank you goes out to Vic for taking time to sit down with us today. Um, coach Herbst has been, you know, as successful as any coach that we still have active today um, in the state of Wisconsin. That Craig program, you know, that he was a part of as an assistant. And I love the story from 1998. You know, you think of that 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 Cinderella story, a uh, little bit of bulletin board material. I, I just love that story. And then, you know, when he takes over as a head guy, and you know, as the head guy keeping the train rolling, all the lessons that he learned, all the mentors, um, you know, what a phenomenal community. And just to see how they've remained, you know, ultra competitive in arguably one of the best conferences in the state of Wisconsin at the Division One level. So, um, so many great nuggets in today's episode, you know, and now as we get closer to the, the start of the high school season, I mean, this, this releases on uh, March 1st, 2022, we're less than two weeks away from pitchers and catchers reporting. Um, you know, you start getting those last minute things done, you know, and, and, and coach talked about just all the little things that head coaches have to do, right? Now it's bus schedules and early release and do you have belts and do you have socks and do you have helmets and what about spring break and, you know, where are the pitcher's arms at? I mean, there's so many things going on and that's, you know, to have fantastic assistant coaches. I mean, that's the one common thing we've heard throughout all these episodes, these successful programs is yeah, we have the head coach on, you know, of, of a successful high school program, but he knows that his assistants are so valuable to make that happen because the head coach is always pulled in some other direction that might need immediate attention, like immediate attention. Um, and I think the coaches on here would, would know what I'm talking about. So, you know, you got to trust and let your assistants work. You got to empower them, you know, and as an assistant coach, right, there's no better feeling than when the head guy lets you work. He's not micromanaging you. You have that great relationship because now is that time of year is when you're going to start being gone all the time and you know a lot of sacrifices at home and it's a really hard time of year for coaches it's exciting because it's the start of the season but it's also difficult because of the time commitment it's going to be so um, anyways you know thanks again to, to, to coach Herbs for coming down with us today just really grateful to have him um, in our coaching fraternity and all that he's uh, willing to give us coaches so uh, until next time uh, next episode will be our last one um, of this uh, of this baseball calendar year and uh, we hope you tune back in and we appreciate you coming on today uh, have a great rest of your day